All right, Rabbi Osei, good morning, good morning, a good chodesh. Let us begin, begin by thanking all of our sponsors. To thank our Talmud Torah sponsors for the month of Tammuz. Rab Naftali Tilson of Eretz Yisrael, for dedicating all the Shi'ur Medrashos this month in honor of the yard site of his dear parents, Rab Yona ben, ben Avram Leib, and Ishtam Vyosher Oiv Torah, and Rivka Bas Yaakov Niftra Bekasr Shem Tov, Chavalim Yisurim Kashim Bimea Shoah, and the merit. The merit Hashem and the merit of our Torah, the Neshamas, should have an Aliyah, and the merit Hashem, we should all be Zoha to finish the Dafyomi cycle together. Incredible. Our week of learning sponsors, Binyamin Feish, memory of his father, Shmuel Yudel Ben, uh, ben Binyamin Yaakov. As well as Yehuda and Jenny Goodhart, Le'ilu Nishmas Yishai Zalman Ben Lazer. Our Dafyomi sponsors for today, Ari Miriam Grossman, creation of the Yarsite of Miriam's father, Aryeh Ben Moshe Zichron Lebracha, and Baruch and, Bra- and Bracha Rifkin for the Yarsite of Shalom Rifkin, Shalom Ben Harav Ruven. We hope that in the merit of our Talmud Torah, all of the Neshama Slav and Aliyah and the families in the Chamar. So with that, let us, let us begin. A lot to do today, Baruch Hashem. Today's daf is Lamed Hey, 35. We are picking up at the Mishnah on Lamed Dalit Amid Bey's 34B. And the Mishnah says as follows. In Amona Nizon, it's supposed to be a very interesting case. In Amona, sorry, in Amona Nifras, Minich Seisom El Bishvua. And Amona could only go ahead and collect. And Amona could only go ahead and collect from the property of Yisomim with a Shvua. So in other words, she wants to collect her ksuba. Ultimately, again, she could only collect from the estate with a, with a shvua. Nimnu milashvia. However, at a certain point, they ultimately went ahead. Now, what's the shvua? The shvua that she has to take is that she has not received any payment for her ksuba. So in other words, so, Rivka, so Rachel is married to, to Ruvain. Ruvain dies. Rachel now wants to collect her ksuba from the estate. So the halacha, she has to swear, she has to swear that she has not received anything from the estate, ultimately in satisfaction of her ksuva, in order for her to collect. Fine. So, however, they stopped. Chazal stopped administering the shvua. We'll see why. So, instituted instead that she should take a neder. What does she take a neder? That instead of taking a shvua, essentially what the somim could do is they could impose upon her a neder. For example, for example, that they could say to her, you have to take, you have to vow that if you did indeed receive any payment from the estate in satisfaction of your ksuva, you'll be prohibited to eat fruit for the rest of your life. So, so, something like that. So to impose an edder upon her. So the says, Come out here, so we go with ksuva, and if she takes the neder, ultimately she collects her ksuva. Ha'edim chosmin alaget, mentei tikun olam. So I should say, ha'edim chosmin alaget. Furthermore, witnesses sign on the get. But as we will say, it's not enough for Ede Misira, but rather witnesses have to sign on the get. And all of this, this entire Mishnah, is Mipnei Tikkun Olam. The Hillel Hiskin Prusbal, Mipnei Tikkun Olam. Hillel Institute of the Prusbal, which we referenced already again in last week's Shir a little bit. Or Shabbos' Shir. Hillel Institute of Prusbal, Mipnei Tikkun Olam, for the benefit of society. Good. We'll say a lot to unpack in this Mishnah. So, my Yiri Amana. So, we'll say, so remember again, so the Mishnah began by telling me the following halacha. 
and Amana wants to collect her ksuva from the estate, from the Yisomim. The original halacha was, you can't collect from the Yisomim unless you take a shvul, unless you swear that you have not received any form of payment already from the estate. Rabbi Gamliel took away the shvua, replaced it with a nether. Says the Gemara, why are you limiting this to a case of Amana? The reality is, no one is allowed to collect from Yisomim without a Yisomim. Whenever you come to collect payment from the estate, from the estate of orphans, you always need a shvua. I'll say this is true in general. So this is true for an Amana, this is true for a Grusha, this is true for creditors. If you want to collect money from orphans, from the estate of orphans, the only way to do so is with a shvua. This is what Chazal instituted in order to protect orphans. In order to protect, you can only collect money with a shvua. So the Gemara says, no, no, no. Amana tzrichale, The truth is, I need the case of Amana. Why? I would have thought, top of Lamed I might have thought that ultimately, again, because of Chino, Chazal were Meikol Varbos. What's Chino? Rashi says Tap Rashi on Lamed Hamad Aleph thirty five A. Sheyehe Chin Haanoshim Beeni Haanoshim Linosilam. Now, as I said, I might have thought that we should sweeten, we should make marriage a good proposal for women. In other words, that we want women to want to get married. What's the way to ensure that women want to get married is to make them feel financially secure in the relationship. So I'm out of this. Well, says, here's the problem. If a woman knows, if a woman knows that in the event that she's widowed, the only way for her to collect her ksuva is for her to take a shvua from the yisomim. One might have thought that she might be a little bit more reticent to enter into the relationship. So we, perhaps I would have thought that let's relax the standards. The general says, remember again, the general standard of collection from yisomim is you need a shvua. I might have thought that by amana we should relax that in order that she should feel more encouraged to engage in marriage. So the Gemara says, Kamash Malon, though. Kamash Malon, Mishra teaches me that Namana is just like everyone else. And just like everyone else, if they want to collect Ksuva, what do they have to do? From, from Yisomen, what do they have to do? They have to take a Shavua. Amana is no different, and she has to take a Shavua as well. Incredible. But the said, at a certain point, they stopped the Shavua. Right? They stopped, they stopped having an Amana take a Shavua. Why? My timer. So this is fascinating. Maybe it's because of Rav Kahana. What did Rav Kahana say? Listen to There was a story with a guy. And it was during a famine. He deposited a gold dinar with an Amana. Right. Deposited gold dinar with an amana. We'll say now. Why is he depositing it with her? Ultimately, again, safekeeping. Safekeeping. What happens? The amana, the amana, placed the gold dinar in a in a jug of flour, in a jug of flour, just just for safekeeping. And we'll say she forgot about it. She baked it into a loaf of bread. And she gave the loaf of bread to the ani. So, so unwittingly, without even realizing it, she went ahead and she gave away, she gave away the dinar. Fine. We'll say, Lamed Hamad Aleph, 35A, 35A, seven lines down. So what happens? So the owner of the dinar comes along. He says, listen, give me back my dinar. Give me back my dinar. Amrale, she says, now again, I will say, so the Amana 
has no idea what happened to the dinar. Now, to be clear, she's not denying, like, the events. In other words, she's not denying that the dinar was deposited by her and that she owes it back. She's, she says, I don't know what happened to it. And again, she swears, Literally, she said, let one of my kids die if I derived any benefit from this dinar. So I'll say what she was saying was, I, I don't know what happened to it, but I just want to be clear. She was swearing, I did not get any benefit from this. That's the point that she was making over here. I don't know what happened. I don't know what happened, but I swear to you that I did not get any benefit from this dinar. And again, she, she, was, she wanted to make this point in such a dramatic way that literally she staked the life of one of her children on it. Amru, they said, it was only a matter of days until one of her children died. And I both say, now, now here's, so we'll see why this is in just a moment. I will say, when this story became known to Chazal, Amru, I will say, this woman was swearing truthfully. This woman was swearing truthfully. If this is the penalty for swearing truthfully, then you could imagine the penalty for swearing falsely. Now the Gemara says, Umay anshe, So why was she punished? In other words, we'll say, what happened over here? She, dinar. Say, she did benefit from the dinar. How did she benefit from the dinar? Say? Because remember again, she saved flour. How did she save flour? Because obviously again, the dinar was baked into the loaf. The space that the dinar occupied was flour that she saved. So she swore that she did not get any benefit from the dinar. But in fact, she did get benefit from the dinar. So I will say, in essence, she swore falsely. She swore, again, unwittingly, unwittingly, right? Unknowingly, but Lamaisa, she swore falsely. So the Gemara says, <coughs> So I will say, if that's the case, why does it say, well, if someone who swears tru- truthfully, or she didn't swear truthfully, she swore falsely, rather than says, So what Chazal was saying is, here was someone who Mamish thought, she thought with her entire heart, that ultimately, again, she was swearing truthfully. But as Rabbi says, she wasn't. She wasn't. So we point over here as well say, we see, we see how severely we have to treat a Shavua. So I'll say, so this, this if, we, if you see ultimately again, this is someone who thought she was swearing truthfully, someone who thought ultimately again she was telling the truth, and yet we see the catastrophic consequences. So Gemara is suggesting over here, Gemara is suggesting over here, I'll say, there's, there's, by the way, there's a lot in general to unpack in that, in that story as well, how you see the power of our words. Right? So in other words, what is it that makes a shvua? What is it that makes a shvua so powerful? Let's say what a shvua represents is a person says, the totality of my credibility is vested in my spoken word. That's what a shvua is, right? The totality of my credibility is in this oath. So literally, the totality of my koach hadibar, my power of speech, is in this statement. And if you abuse that, if you swear falsely, then I will say what it fundamentally does is it fundamentally erodes the totality of the truthfulness of your koach hadibor. That's the power of a shvua. Now I will say, because we see that there can be catastrophic consequences from a shvua, even when there is not an intention to lie, so perhaps that's why Chazal took out the shvua from the almana. That's what I'm suggesting. So maybe over here, we just, we just don't want people taking shvuas. 
We just don't want people taking shuas. So therefore, again, originally the halacha was if an almana wanted to collect from the yisomim, ultimately again she has to take a shvua. But we see the catastrophic consequences of shuas even when people are well intentioned. So perhaps that's why they took out the shvua from the almana. Imi shumha, if that's the case, my area almana feel the grushinami. So I say, if that's the case, then I don't understand. It should be why why is it only an almana who no longer takes a shvua? What about a grusha? Remember again, there could be a grusha case where a grusha has to take a shvua. Where does grusha have to take a shvua? It's very simple. Very simple. Reuven was married to Rachel. They got divorced. They got divorced. Now what happens? Reuven dies. Rachel still needs to collect her ksuva. Who is she collecting her ksuva from? Who is she collecting it from? The Yisomim. So I say, how does she collect the shvua? With an oath. With an oath. So in other words, if that's the case, in other words, I hear this. What the Gemara is saying over here is maybe the reason Chazal stopped the concept of a shvua from Yisomim, maybe the reason they stopped it, is because ultimately, again, the severity of shvua is too intense. But if that's the case, it's not just an almana who should no longer swear. Why don't we say anyone who has to collect from Yisomim shouldn't swear anymore? To which the Gemara says, Yeah, we see explicitly the Bezerah says, we will still administer a shvua to a grusha who needs to collect from the Yisomim? To which the Gemara tell you, Shiny, the Bahi Hanad the Katarcha Kame Diasmi Asmi La Rie Hetera. So I will say, this is very interesting. This is very interesting. I will say, what are we concerned about over here? Right? At the end of the day, what are we, right? Let's, let's go through the case. Right? Ruvain's married to Rachel. Ruvain dies. Ruvain dies. Rachel wants to collect her Ksuva. What's the mechanism? Who does she collect Ksuva from? Who does she collect it from? Yisomim. Orphans, the original halacha was what I say, no problem, you want to collect from Yisomim, Shavua, you have to swear. So I say, so suddenly we're saying, no, 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 we don't, we don't want her to swear. What are we concerned about? I will say this fascinating, it's as follows. In the case of the Almana, this is a woman who, especially if we're dealing with minor, minor orphans, right? Yisomim who are children, she has exerted, so let's take a step back, I'm sorry. So in general, she wants to collect her ksuva from the Yisomim. Why does she have to swear? Why does she have to swear? What are we concerned about? Right? We're concerned about her previous collection. That's what we're concerned about, right? That maybe she was already paid, right? Maybe she, not in full. In other words, maybe, maybe during Ruvain's lifetime, he went ahead and he gave her a bar of gold. And he said, Rachel, I love you. This is payment for your ksuva. Whole payment, partial payment. That's what we're concerned about. And now that Ruvain's dead... What we have to be concerned about is, is Rachel trying to collect again from the estate? So a shvua is the mechanism by which we ensure she's not trying to double dip over here. So now we're saying we have to take out the shvua. But we'll say why. By Namana specifically, what we're concerned about, we'll say, is that she's going to be what's called moraheter. We'll say, what does it mean, moraheter? Moraheter means you justify something to yourself. That she can say to herself, you know what? I did receive money from Ruvain. During, during the marriage. But you know what? That was really money that I was entitled to because I take really good care of this family. Right? I take good care of this family, which she is entitled to. It, right? In other words, I take really good care of this family. So therefore, that money, that money, that wasn't ksuva money. That was hakaras hatov money. Right? That was gratitude money. That was family rearing money. That was the fact that I work, you know, uh, overtime for, on behalf of this mishpacha. 
But now, now I'm really entitled to my entire ksuba. So we'll say what we're concerned about is that she could justify the fact that even though she received money during the lifetime of her husband, she won't count that as ksuba, and she'll say I'm really entitled to the ksuba in its entirety now. And what we're scared of, what we're scared of, is she'll convince herself of this and take a shvuah. Even though what Rabbi say, even though what? It's really a false shvuah. But people are capable of convincing themselves of all kinds of things and turning falsehoods into truths. Look at Rashi. Rashi says, Rashi says, Now obviously this works best if let's say she received a relatively minimal amount of money during the marriage. She'll convince herself that wasn't suba. That was just ultimately against chartircha. That was hakaras hatov money for the everything I do for the family. So because we are concerned, I will say. By the way, I just want to point out. You see from here. You see from here how we have the ability to convince ourselves of things that are simply not true. Well, see, we all do this. Right? You, right, you, you, you tell yourself something that's not true. In the beginning, in the beginning, I know that it's not true, and then something amazing happens, which is what. Repeat it enough times, right, over and over, and create enough justifications, and suddenly it actually becomes true. And if you're really good, then over time, not only is it true, but what? It's a mitzvah. And not only is it a mitzvah, but if you're really good, it's a da'oraisa, right? And if you're really excellent over time, it becomes a halacha l'moshe misinai. In other words, I will say, this, this is the power we have of justification, and it's so powerful, it's so powerful that Chazal were actually concerned that a woman may come to take a shvua based on this justification. And as the story pointed out before, that could have catastrophic consequences. As a result, Chazal went ahead and removed the shvua, but dafka by Amana. See, it's Amana who has this justification because she's involved in the child rearing, in the raising of the family. A justification, and I say the grusha would not necessarily have. Incredible. We'll say, when do we say that we don't administer a shvua to an almana? That's only in Beisdin. We'll say, a shvua in Beisdin, Rashi points out, has what's called Nikitas Chevetz. You take an object, a ritual object, a Sefer Torah, a pair of tefillin, and you swear over the object. However, Raval Chutz the Beisdin, Mashpienosa. But outside of Beisdin, which is only what we call the Shvua Dirabanon, a Shvua Dirabanon, ultimately again, we can go ahead and administer a Shvua to an Ammon. So we'll say, Rav and Shmuel are suggesting that when Chazal said that an Ammon no longer takes a Shvua, that's only a Shvua in a Beisdin, which is a Shvua over an object, which is a Shvua Doraisa. But you can still administer to a shvua, shvua dirabana outside of basin. Ini, is that so? Bahar Rav, Lomag, Biksuva, Salah, Armalto. Yet Rav would be unable to go ahead and, and collect the ksuva for an amana. See, I will say what we're going to see is as follows. There apparently was a period of time, period of time, between when they stopped administering a shvua to an amana versus, and when they started with the neder of Rabbi Gamliel. Now, we'll say, what happened during that time? This is actually incredible. An almana would be stuck. She wouldn't get a ksuba. Now, we'll say, there's a way to remedy that. How do you remedy that? Give the almana property during her lifetime, sorry, during the husband's lifetime, that is set aside for ksuba collection. Right? Now, we'll say, we call that an apotiki. Right? An apotiki, apotehe koi. 
But again, so there was, apparently there was a point in time where ultimately again, an Amana would be stuck. An Amana would be stuck. So Rav would not go ahead and collect the for an Amana. So Kasha, that's the question. So with Sir Masni Achi, Rabbi saying in Surah they had the following version. But Narada Masni Achi. So Narada said the following. Amrav Yehuda Amr Shmuel. Lo Shana Alba Beisdin. This is when do we say that you can't administer a Shavuot to an Amana? That's only in Beisdin. But outside of Beis and Mashpir and also, you could administer a Shua first. So, say, so again, this version, in this version, the Narda version, they said, when do we say that we do not allow an Amana to take a Shua? Based on the fact that we are concerned she's going to lie, based on her personal justifications, that's only a Shavua Daraisa in Beisdin. But we can administer to her, to her outside of Beisdin. Rav Amarav says, Afilo Nami Rav says, you can't even give her a Shvua outside of Beisdin. Rav goes going to his reasoning, Rav would not administer, Rav would not collect a Ksuva for an Almana, because Rav felt there is no way, there is no mechanism. Once we stopped allowing an Almana to take a Shvua, Unfortunately, unfortunately, she is unable to collect her ksuva. Bukimar says, one second. But one second. But we just said, why not have her take a nether? And Zerbo says, the Mishnah. The Mishnah said, fine. We can't, Zerbo said, let's, let's just trace the progression of the halacha. What's the first step of the halacha? The halacha is, if you want to collect from Yisomim, you need to take a shvua. Why do I have to take a shvua? Why? It's Yassam protection. It's orphan protection. I'm say, remember again, this goes back to the idea that orphans don't know the matters of the estate of their father. Right? So what happens? You got people knocking on the door saying, your father owe me money. So, so again, Yusomim don't know. So based in, in order to protect the interests of the Yusomim, say, if you want to collect from Yusomim, you need to take an oath. I will say, that applies to everyone. So that which means now, Ruven was married to Rachel, Ruvain died, left behind in the state. Rachel wants her ksuva. So what does Rachel need to do? Shvua. Okay? Then Chazal stepped in and said, no, 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 Amana, Amana, you can't take a shvua. You can't take a shvua. Why do we prevent the Amana from taking a shvua? Why? Apparently, a heightened probability of her lying. Not intentionally lying, but justif- justified lying. Justified. And apparently, there was such a significant concern that Chazal felt the need to legislate. But one second. But say, now what's our problem? What's our problem? What's our problem? And Amana can't collect her ksuba. No, we have an answer to that. What's the answer? Neder. Neder. That essentially the Yisomim or the estate can impose a neder upon the Amana. Amana, you have to vow, you have to vow that you will never get benefit from bread again. If you went ahead and received any money from your ksuba. Okay? So I say, so now you have a mechanism that allows her to collect ksuba, but also allows the estate to know that she hasn't gotten paid anything. So the Gemara says, so now let's go back to our case. The Gemara says, Rav, Rav would not allow an Amana to collect her ksuba. Why? Because since she couldn't take a shua, he wouldn't let her collect. I besides the Gemara, well, I don't understand. I don't understand. Rav, let her take another. Okay, you don't want to let her take a shua, that's fine, but let her take a nether, and as a result of the nether, she could collect her ksuva. Bishani Darav Kili Nidre. In the years of Rav, people, in the time of Rav, people treated Nidarim very lightly. So we'll say, so taking a nether, taking a nether was no longer a deterrent to lying. So we'll say, it's actually just a little bit of a historical lesson. Apparently, in the, in the days of Rav, 
and Amana literally wasn't able to collect her ksuba. We wouldn't let her take a shvua because out of a concern of lying, and Nidarim didn't work because people trampled upon the sanctity of Nidarim. Incredible. So the Gemara tells the story. So let's say there was a woman who came before an Amana who came before Rafuna who wanted to collect her ksuba. Amr Allah, he said to her, Ma'i avid leich, what am I supposed to do for you? The Rav lo magbik suva la armalta. Rav would not allow an almana to collect her suva. Ultimately, again, because she can't take a shvua and she can't take another, she can't take another. So Amr Allah, midi hutaima ela dilma naktina midi miksuvasi. So I'll say, so the almana said back to Rafuna, the almana said back to Rafuna, she said, what, don't worry about, in other words, why didn't Rav go ahead and let an almana take a, take a, take a, take a shvua? out of a concern that maybe the Almana got paid from some of her ksuva. She said, And we'll say, what does she do? This is incredible. What does this Almana do? She swears. I swear by God, I never received anything. So we'll say, so now we'll say, what did she just do? She just took a shua. She took a shua. So Rav Huna, Rav we'll say, agreed in the case of Kofetz. We'll say, what does Kofetz literally mean? Kofetz literally means jump. So I will say, Rav agreed. So this is fascinating. So I will say, Halacha tells us we don't administer a shvua to an almana. However, if the almana of her own volition swears, we take her at her word. I will say that's kofetz. In other words, if she just if she just takes a shvua, then Halacha la we're not going to discount that. We're not going to ignore that, and we accept that ultimately again as a proper shvua. So that's called the case of kofetz. Another story. So was it this woman that came before Rabbi Barafuna? Amara, Amara, she wants to collect her ksuva, and Rabbi says to her, "Ma'i avid lach derav lo magbik ksuva sla armalta." Ultimately, again, so again, Rav says to her, Rabbi, sorry, says to her, "I don't know what I'm supposed to do for you." After all, again, Rava, Rav, excuse me, Rav did not allow an Amara to collect the ksuva with the shvua. Furthermore. And Abamari also didn't allow collection of a ksuva. Amrile, she said to him, fine, Havli Mizoni. So we'll say, so again, so the Amana says, the Amana says to Rabba, uh, to Rabba, I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, Rabba. So ultimately, again, so the Amana says to Rabba, fine, if you're not going to give me my ksuva, give me Mizonos. And ours, I want to remember again, an almana, an almana is entitled to support from the estate, right? So she says, fine, if you're not going to give my ksuva, give me mizonos. Amr'allah, Rabbi says to her, no, I can't give you mizonos either, why? Once a woman claims her ksuva in Beisdin, she loses the right to support. And we'll say, the logic behind it is as follows. It's actually very interesting. In general, a woman would only claim her ksuva when? When she was ready to get remarried. So I will say, from an Amana perspective, there's no need to collect your ksuva while you're, when you have no intention to get remarried. Why? Because you receive support. You're receiving mizonos. You're getting supported anyway. Right? The only time a woman claims ksuva is when she wants that lump sum payment because she's getting remarried. And once she gets remarried, anyway, mizonos starts. So I will say, there's an interesting halacha. Therefore, once a woman claims her ksuva, in Beisdin, Sumazonos stops. So listen, now watch this. So now this Amana comes to Rabba. She says to him, I want to get my Ksuva. He says to her, I'm sorry, I can't help you 
because again, Rav said an Amana can't go ahead and take a Shua. And also in the days of Rav, a nether wasn't affected either. So he says, I'm sorry, I'm so sorry, I can't help you. She says, fine, so give me Mizonos. He says to her, ooh, can't give you Mizonos either because you just claimed your Ksuva in Beisdin. So Rav says, she didn't take this well. Amrale, Afchol Korsei, your chair should be overturned. Now, we'll say a chair should be overturned is, an, is, a, is, a, is a euphemistic way of saying you should die. You should die. Why? Because you're being machmir on me in two ways. Now, we'll say, in other words, this poor woman, she's saying, what are you doing? What are you doing? I said, now you're, 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 you're putting me at a dead end. So now I can't get my ksuva. I can't get my ksuva. And now I can't get mizonos. So where am I supposed to get support from? So I'll say, so essentially when she says you should die, what she's saying is what should happen, what you're, what you're, what you're essentially what you're sentencing me to should happen to you. I'm going to die, right? I have no money. I have no ksuba. I have no mazonos. So if this is what's going to happen to me, the same thing should happen to you. So I'll say, when the Talmidim of Rabbah heard this, so we'll say ultimately again, so ultimately what the students did about Sabbath, after hearing this call, after hearing this curse, they took his chair, they overturned it, and then they turned it back over. As we'll say, so Rabbi Barbachana just got a very serious call, a very serious curse from this woman. So they tried to find actualization of the curse by actually turning over his chair. Right? So they turned it over, and then they turned it upright. Nevertheless, Rabbi Barbachana did not escape illness. Well, say, by the way, you see, you begin to see a theme over here also of the power of words, the power of words, the power of a shua, the power ultimately again of a klala, power of words. I you also see over here, you also see over here that when that when the post say paskins halacha, how there is a need to do so with sensitivity for the petitioner. Right, you say it is the job of the rav or the job of the posek ultimately to find an eight It's always easy to say aser. Right, aser is always easy, and sometimes the answer is aser. But even when the answer is aser, ultimately again there has to be a way to help the person navigate forward. That is the responsibility ultimately again of the rav of the posek. Again, my answer might be aser, but then figure out an eitza for this. And the frustration of this woman in this situation was. You're not helping me. Okay, fine. I can't do this. I can't do it. But what, what can I do? Where is my support supposed to come from? And as a result of feeling that ultimately, again, every single door is just simply being shut in her face, so she becomes frustrated. I will say people say sometimes very terrible things in moments of frustration. But she can say, essentially, you've relegated me to death. So if that's what's going to happen to me, that's what should happen to you. Very profound story. Well, listen to this. Here's what I want you to do. Here's what I want you to do. If an almana wants to collect her ksuva, here are the ways she can do so. In Beisdin, she can't take a shvua. Right? That's our Mishnah. No more shvua for an almana in Beisdin. But what can she do in Beisdin? What can she do in Beisdin? A nether. So she can either take a nether in Beisdin or she can take a shavua out of basin. I must say, what we said before. What, what does it mean, out of basin? Let's remember again, a shavua out of basin is what type of shavua? What type of shavua? A shavua midrabanon. Right? Remember again, what the Mishnah said is, a woman, an almana, cannot take a shavua in basin to collect for a ksuva out of a significant concern that she is going to lie. She's going to lie. So therefore, again, in basin, 
she could avail herself of the mechanism of Rabbi Gamliel to take a nether. Take a nether that she has not received any payment. Ultimately, again, and, or she could take a shvua out of Bezin. So Rav Yehuda says, Rabbi Yermia, I want you to go teach and implement this halacha, and I want to hear that this is what is being practiced. So again, so based on what we're saying right now, an almana has two ways in which she could collect her ksuva from the Yisomim. If she's collecting in Beisdin, she could take a nether. Right? She could say, I vow never to eat bread again if I received any prepayment for my ksuva. And then we allow it to collect. Outside of Beisdin, where it is quote-unquote only a shvod rabbanon, not a shvod doraisa, she could even swear that she did not receive any form of prepayment and that would allow her to collect the ksuva. Fine. So go from Bizeram Shmuel, Loshan Ella Amana. This is like Shana Amana, Ava Grusha, Mashpianoso. But ultimately, again, we'll say Grusha, you can make her swear. In other words, we'll say, so by Grusha, if a Grusha comes to collect her ksuva from Yusom, right? Ruben's married to Rachel, Ruben's married to Rachel, then what happens? They get divorced. And what happens before Rachel gets a chance to collect her ksuva? Ruben dies. Ruben dies. Now Rachel shows up in Bezdin. And she wants to collect her ksuba. What's the halacha? We can administer an oath to her. Now we'll say, what's the logic of that? The logic seems to be that it's only an amana who will justify prepayment as non-ksuba payment, as schar for also being betapa, taking care of the kids all of these years since her husband died. A grusha doesn't have that level of justification. And therefore, when a grusha shows up in Beisdin, when a grusha shows up in Beisdin and wants payment for a ksuba, we allow her to go ahead and swear. So Adi Gemara asks, O grusha dadrolo. So I will say, this sounds like, is, that, what sounds like what you're saying is that administering a neder to a grusha would not work. Would not work. But is that true? Vahashalchomitam. But I, they sent from there. Ech plonisa bas ploni. So-and-so, the daughter of so-and-so. Kabila skita minyada da achar bahedja. Received the get from achar bahedja. Demiskeri ayamari, who's also known as ayamari. That's a shout-out to yesterday's daf. Right? Also known as ayamari. Vinadart vaasart perisha ba'olam Allah. Tilo kabilas miksuvasa. So we'll say, what happens? She came to Beisdin. She got a get. She came to Beisdin. She wanted to collect her ksuva. What did we do in, in Beisdin? She took a nether. She took a nether. And she said, essentially, all the fruits in the world should be ushered to me if I received any form of prepayment for my ksuva, besides, besides glufkara echad, one coat, the sefer tilim echad, and one sefer tilim, the sefer eov, and a sefer eov, and a worn out sefer mishle. Word on Sefer Mishle, I will say, Amr Beis, Vishamnum Bechamisha Mana. And ultimately, again, the value of all of those items was five mana. So I will say, so essentially, what she's doing over here is this, this Grusha is saying, I, I did receive some things. I did receive them since, right? I got a coat, I got a Sefer Tehillim, I got a Sefer Eov, I have a worn out Mishle. Right? So these are all items that I did receive as forms of prepayment. They evaluated those amounts. It came out that it was five mana. And when this woman comes before you, allow her to collect the rest of her ksuba. Now I will say, what's happening over here? This is a case of a grusha, a case of a divorcee. And how is she collecting her ksuba, the remainder of her ksuba? With a nether. So what do you see from here? You see from here that nether doesn't only work for amana, but nether also works for grusha. Ravashi, ha'hu get yav minhaba. 
No, no, I'll say that was against Yadmin. That was a Yibom case. Hazorazin was a Yibom case. I'll say this was a case of where the woman in question was waiting for Yibom. Was waiting for Yibom. And one of the surviving brothers gave her a get. Now, I'll say, what's the halacha ultimately again when a Yivama gets a get? I'll say, what happens when a Yivama gets a get? A get doesn't do anything. But Midrabanan, what it says is, you can no longer do Yibom. You no longer do yibum. That's what a get does. Because right? remember again, by, by yibum, you either do yibum or, or chalitza. Those are your options. There's no get. So Midrabanon, if one of the surviving brothers gives her a get, what that does is that shuts down the possibility for yibum and mandates chalitza. We'll say that's the case over here. Therefore, again, this is actually a case of a widow, of a widow receiving payment for her ksuva. And that's why, again, the nether worked. So I will say, so bottom line, what the Imarsi is coming out with is like this. That Namana here, so we'll say, let's, let's just trace very quickly, let's trace what we know. What I know is, in general, if you want to collect from Yisomim, you can only do so through a Shvua. Therefore, again, when Ruvain is married to Rachel, Ruvain dies, Rachel wants to collect her Ksuba from the estate of her late husband, should require a Shvua. Chazal stepped in and said, Namana can't take a Shvua. What are we concerned about? That she's going to justify lying on the Shvua. That maybe she did receive prepayment for the ksuva, but she's going to say that wasn't ksuva money, that was child rearing money, that was Akaraz Hatov money. And she's going to justify taking an oath saying she never received ksuva payment when in fact she did. So, what do we do for her? We take shvua off the table. What did Rabbi Gamil replace it with? Neder. 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 She could vow. She could vow. I will prohibit bread for the rest of my life upon me if I received any level of prepayment for the ksuva. And if she takes that vow, I will pay her out. One more piece the Lord to introduce is another possibility is she could also take a shvua where? Where? Outside the basin. Because that's a shvua medrabara. Good, let's go weiter. So Oh, we'll say, watch this. When do we say that a nether works? for a collection of her ksuva, that's only if she did not yet remarry. Avalnises in Madirin also. But ultimately, I will say, if she got remarried, so then ultimately, a nether is not going to be a valid mechanism for her to collect her ksuva from her first marriage. Why not? So there's a nises my taima to mefra lebal. Oh, I will say, because what could happen? Watch this. I will say, so she's going to show up in Bezin, right? So Rachel was married to Ruvain. Ruvain died. Ruvain died. Now let's say Rachel, Rachel gets remarried, right? She marries Shimon, and now she never collected her ksuva from her first marriage. So she goes to the basin, wants to collect her ksuva, so Shavu is no longer on the table. So we say, fine, let her take a nether. Nether is not going to work in a case where she remarried. Why, Rabbi? So what are we concerned about? Because Rachel takes the nether, right? I'm never going to eat fruit again if I got any prepayment for the ksuva. She knows she's making a false nether. But I will say, no problem, why not? Why not? She goes home to Shimon, and her husband can revoke the nether for her. So nether is only effective if she has not remarried. But if she's remarried, ultimately nether won't work. So if that's the case, So I'll say, but one second, you can say the same thing. In other words, even if she's not married now, what shouldn't we be concerned that when she does get remarried, or if she does get remarried, or when she does get remarried, husband could be made for the nether then. To which the Imar says, no, no, no. So we learn this, in habal made for the coldman. We'll say a husband doesn't have the ability to annul Nidarim that his wife took before their marriage. He only has the ability to annul Nidarim that took place during their marriage. I have a Nechash Dilma, Sharila. Shouldn't we be concerned about, say, even in a case she didn't get remarried, that there's still a possibility of revocation? After all, we'll say, what could she do? 
she can go to a Tamt Chacham. She can go to a Tamt Chacham, and Tamt Chacham ultimately again can go ahead and revoke the neder for her. That was because we hold that what? That before a woman has the neder revoked, what does she have to do? She has to explicitly detail the neder. She will say, she's going to show up to the Chacham. She's going to say, right, she will say, just play out this scene. She comes to the Chacham. Chacham says, yes, how can I help you? She's going to like to have a neder annulled. Right? He says to her, no problem, what's the neder? She's going to tell the neder. What is he going to say? What is he going to say? Sorry, I can't help you. I can't annul that neder. So because she has to articulate it, therefore, again, she's never going to get annulled. So we'll say, the truth is what Nachman says, even if she got remarried, halacha lemaisa, you can go ahead and have her collect her ksuba with a nether. Ay, mi seis vaday mefer labal. But we'll say, we just said before, that a nether is going to be ineffective. Why? Because she could take the nether, then I'll say, what could happen? Her husband could annul it for her. So how is that a mechanism to ensure that she's not lying about having received prepayment for a ksuba? To which the says, the madrino leberabin. Very interesting. We'll say, what do we do? What do we do? We administer the neder in public. Rashi says, Barabim, no deres bifne asara, the kasavar neder shehode barabim ein lo hafara. We'll say, we administer this neder in public. Public means over here in front of 10 people. And this particular opinion holds, we'll say that a neder that is done publicly has no revocation. Meisvei, so we'll say, Meisvei, Miseis Kovak Suvasa in Nadra. So we'll say, the Bryce says that what? If a widow remarries, or for that, right, if someone remarries, ultimately, again, she could collect her ksuba if she makes a neder. My love, nadra hashta, is it not saying that she's making a neder, I will say, after she's gotten remarried? And you see from here that halacha lamaisa, it works to go ahead and make a neder even once she remarries, to which the one says, lo, the nadra meikara. No, what's the case of say? The case over here is halacha lamaisa. She made the neder before she got remarried. So vahatanya niseis no deres v'govek suvasa. So I say, but it says over here, it says it's in the brisa that if she remarried and takes a neder, she can collect her ksuva. To which the Gemara says tenaihi. So I say ultimately, so I say so I say here's the machlokes. So I say so we're dealing with a very specific case over here where halacha lamaisa. Right, Rachel was married to Ruvain. Ruvain died. Ruvain died. So I will say, so now we've, we've already established, right, before she gets married, she can't take a shvua, she can't take a shvua, but she, she cannot take a shvua, but she can't take a neder. Then I will say, the shayla is, she remarried. She remarried. What options does she have for ksuva repayment? So for ksuva payment. So I will say, what's our concern? So I say, no problem, she's going to take a neder. What's our concern? I will say, what's our concern if she takes a neder? Her new husband, husband number two, can revoke the neder. Can revoke the neder. Shabbos says, Sunyati, the Gemara says, Tanayi. Shabbos says, so, I'm sorry, before we get to that, seems to be we have an answer. What's our answer? Our answer is make her take a neder in public. Make her take a neder in public because apparently a neder taken in public cannot be, cannot be revoked. And therefore the husband will have no power. That's what the Gemara says, Tanayi. And we have this machlogis Tanayi. The Ikalaman Dharma neder should the Barabim Yeshlafara. The Ikalaman Dharma neder, the Ikalaman Dharma Ainlafara. And I will say, this is a machlokas. This is a machlokas. What's the machlokas? The machlokas is about neder shehudar berabim. If you have a neder made in public, a jurite taken in public, can that be annulled or not? I will say, that is a machlokas tanoim. That's machlokas tanoim. And therefore, I will say, the ramifications of that machlokas ultimately, again, are 
going to govern how govern how we deal with a woman who has remarried with ksuva, connect, with ksuva collection. If you hold that neder should the cannot be annulled, great. Let her take the neder, and new husband can't go ahead and annul it. If you hold it can be annulled, Rabosei, so what is the mechanism for ksuva collection for a woman who has remarried? Emir Shabosei to be continued tomorrow. Shkoyach.